Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies under 90 minutes. What? I said it. What? I said the second part. God, that is brand new. Yeah, that's fresh. Feels weird. Does it? Does it? It I doesn't. Feel, it's not. You it, know, I feel different, but but good. It's like a. It's like an adventure that I'm not sure that I wanted to go on, but I'm glad I went on. Well, the thing is, it's just you were never meant to say those words. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, it's like I I get it. It's it's like a cat speaking in Hindi or any language. Yeah, a cat speaking. Finnish or, or Danish or... What is wrong? <laughs> Hello. How can I... <laughs> I have a cat. Right. <laughs> you can understand me. <laughs> My dish is like half empty. You're going to have to refill this, please. <laughs> Cold water, please. Thank you. Two ice cubes, please. I need to bat them away. And this dinner box smells terrible. Big You're guy. Big guy. <laughs> Get on this. People don't know that. Those are our cat voices. Those yeah. are the voices of... When we hang out alone at home with our cats, we go, Hey. Hey. How are you? Hello. And he goes, I, What I assume is, Hello. Hello. I am, I'm okay. Why are you so excited today? That's that's the cat accents, so to speak. They don't. They all have different personality and different. You but know. they all have the same speech impediment, which yeah. is uh, their L's and D's get confused. So yes, just deep me a darn. And and they add an extra E S to plural things. Foodsies like Foodsies. Gollum. Yeah, like yeah. Hobbitses. Yeah. yeah, which I had. I did not know when we started doing those voices. I, I never. Did. I still have to this day <laughs> have never seen a Lord of the Rings movie. Guys, when you're cult of a dialect. Make sure you don't steal it from uh, <laughs> Gollum, or do it. It's fun. Or do it. And I don't fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> that's our new guy. We agreed uh, that yeah. that's our new catchphrase. That is uh, um, hashtag. I guess hashtag pound sign number sign f u g g i t. We're we're debating on id or it. Fuck it. Fuck or it. Fuck it. Fuck it. I think fuck it has a more immediacy to it. I also think it's been used like on the internet before fuck but fuck it, fuck it. <laughs> however fuck it however fuck it that's we coined it fuck it fuck it um we're gonna be the ones to profit off of that we're gonna trademark that and then no one's gonna be able to you're gonna be like michael buffer you want to you want to say let's get ready to rumble let's fuck get you. ready to fuck it. fuck it now we can't get sued yeah yeah that's right it's a parody fair use yeah so this is it we've done it yeah we are, we are through Woo! our first that was fun um we've done it this is our first phase of 90 movies are done yeah um we are this is episode 90 um if you're counting at home this is maybe technically 91 but it doesn't really matter this because is this is a christmas bonus episode we're not gonna happy holidays guys that well that was yeah that's for the holiday episode from last year, but this one is happy belated holidays, everybody. That's right. Um, so this Everclear is kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish Freddy versus Jason was under ninety I minutes. I know. Uh, so what are we talking about here today? We are talking about a movie that um, I never thought we would ever actually talk about again. 
Mm. Um, this is the 1984 film Stop Making Sense. Mm-hmm. And um, Jonathan Dem. Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan Demi. Jonathan Demi. Jonathan Demi. Demi. D- yeah, Dem- Demi. Jon- Jonathan Demi. 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 Jo- okay. Jonathan Demi. Jonathan Demi. Um, this is a special episode for us because this is something that, uh, like I said, we never thought we would talk about this episode again. We never, th- or this movie again. We never thought we would actually hear the episode that you're about to hear again. Um, because this is an episode that was lost to the ages. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we, I was able to recover, uh, the file. So basically, um, a couple times in the in the beginning of the recording, we lost episodes. Um, yeah, there was technical a problem. problems. I had a, a, a thirty-two gigabyte disk in there, and there was a, I guess there was a problem. Every now and then, we would just lose thirty-two it. gigabytes. You, was, um, you weren't using terabytes. It was like thirty-two gigabytes, which is fine for an audio file because it's not going to be that big anyway. Plus, we were recording it in a WAV file, which is a little bit more of a condensed file version anyway. You guys are compressing the shit out of your show, by the way. I don't know what the hell. I don't know any of the. I just know that shit. audio files probably don't like this show. I know that it sounds fine to me. So that's all I care about. <laughs> um, so yeah, but this was an episode that we that we lost. Um, yeah, uh, I we recorded it with our our, our late father. Yeah, um, who was alive at the time when we recorded it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> thanks for thanks for clarifying. Um, this was uh, f- f- the first episode that we did with him actually, and this was actually going mm. to be with definitely within our first ten yeah, episodes, first handful, handful for sure. I'm gonna um, say, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because we wanted to have a really interesting variety to start. We didn't want it to just be all like comedy movies or anything like that, because a lot of comedies are under ninety. Yeah, some docs, some so, yeah, animated, we, some dramas. We um, wanted to to mix it up, and which we have continued to do throughout the the entire uh, first yeah. group of ninety episodes. But um, yeah, this one got lost, and uh, it was one of those things that we're like, okay, well, we can always go back and do it again, but let's wait until we're closer to the end of ninety because we already did it. So let's yeah. give it as much time as possible. We'll still do it in this first group of ninety episodes, but like, let's just put it mm-hmm. off to the end. It's always uh, like I always hear about people who have to like reshoot movies, like just weeks after they got what they thought was going to be the thing. Right. And it just frustrates me so much. Like they don't have the luxury of waiting uh, to let it fade away and then you know, exactly. fall back like, in love with it. Once you feel, and I'm not say, I'm not comparing this episode as such, but once you've co- collected lightning in a bottle, or once you caught it, like yeah. once you don't want to have to go back and try to redo that so soon. So you want to try and forget about it as much as possible. At yeah. least in the few times that we've had to do something like that, is to just put it off as long as we possibly could. We didn't need to though. No, we didn't need to because we we found it. That's right. But uh, the sad thing was, you know, we we didn't know that we were going to recover this file, and we thought it was lost forever. And then our dad sadly passed away earlier this yeah, year. So yeah, in yeah, mid mid year, yeah, he passed away. Yeah, and uh, it was, uh, you know, I mean, it, it continues to be rough. We won't go into the emotional side of it. Um, it's, but it it's was, been tough. It was fun. Ron Eden is. Uh, how can you not miss Ron Eden? He's anyway, how can you miss, not miss your fucking father if well, you lose your father? So. Yeah, but more than that, just Ron Eden as the the character, and not yeah. that my dad was like you know not a real person, so to speak. But uh, yeah, everybody has that personality is a personality. There's you know there's nobody there's you don't know of Ron Eden unless it's Ron Eden. That's the kind of thing you know. And he only I hate to say it, but on this show you probably only got 
a certain percentage oh, of Ron Eden, a, maybe a twenty percent, a fraction of a of a fraction, even twenty yeah. percent is generous. So he's sorely missed right now. Yeah, um, I think about him all the time. Yes, uh, and I'm so thankful that you were able to recover what we thought. As am it was I. a gift, it really was like a posthumous gift. Here. It, it it really was that uh, I was able to find the software that uh, I was like, you know what, I want to, there was a free trial of it, so I was like, I, I just want to try, I have the disc still. So this episode has watermarks all over <laughs> it. You are trying no, a free trial that's not of true Audio no. Pro 3. No, because the interesting story <laughs> is, once I tried the file, and I was, basically it was able to let you scan the whole disc, mm-hmm. I scanned the whole disc, I found the file, mm-hmm. I played through it to make sure that I got the whole thing, mm-hmm. but then you couldn't download it unless you paid for the actual right. the program. You guys know that old chest yeah, you've well, been that, on the internet that's how programs work that's how software works hmm. but ironically the so- and I'm sure there's cheaper software out there but I don't care because of the symbolism <laughs> of it uh, it was just so poetic to me uh, that yeah. the the cost of this software happened to be $90 so I <laughs> I was like you know what I'm paying the $90 for this software yeah. I probably could have found somebody to do it for free yeah. but I don't go care go on Fiverr I literally <laughs> just outsource it literally don't care <laughs> that's right um, because it, now I had an interesting story. Yeah, no, <laughs> this know? is like it has a perfect like, little poetic twist. It was ninety dollars. Yes, and uh, and we fascinate. That's the show, and we f- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the show is. So the number that we base. So we were able to, and 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 the, it wasn't also. This also was not the only time that we lost an episode. We lost um, the Simpsons movie originally, but I was able to recover that quickly. And easily with software that I already had. Yeah. Um, but then the, this file was just too too far gone mm-hmm. that I had to f- get we, the software. We got another one that and we're then releasing. There was another one that yes, that will be uh, will be releasing Christmas bonus. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, Dan just spoiled it. <laughs> well, it's just Christmas bonus, right? Yeah, yeah. No, they, I mean, if anybody gathered it from last year, they would probably assume that we were going to have a Christmas bonus. You know, the diehards. You know, the people who've been listening since day one. Who yeah. weren't who uh, who uh, who aren't also hosts on this show? <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. For, to everybody, yes. To anybody for, who's listened for to listening. just a second and turned it off, like certain <laughs> celebrities. Yeah. To, yeah. Do we want to? Well, let's. I, this is why I want to just let let's talk a little bit about this first. Uh, this first. What we have come to call the first phase one of yeah. uh, 90 under 90 we yeah. we came to that conclusion in an episode that won't be released for another couple of weeks so you'll hear that we're doing this backwards we're calling it phase one we're calling it we're calling this phase one i've been calling it like the first wave of 90 for yeah. a while but now we just decided to add a movie terminology to it and we're like oh phase one that doesn't make sense yeah um it's over we did it we did it so um we've had some some interesting um Interactions, cele- celebrity interactions, so to speak. Yeah, um, uh, Gilbert Gottfried was uh, a, a, a liked our Larry sh- Kurosawa screenwriter. Yeah, he um, he he liked it. You reached out to uh, Mark Duplass. Yeah, I I called or, back to an old yes. story, and also, uh, yeah, I remember did, referencing a Christopher McQuarrie conversation. Social media is just such a you know, yeah. it's a gift when, especially if you host a movie podcast. Yeah. But yeah. like we were, we were lucky enough to get a you know a like from Kevin Smith. We got yeah. a, we got a retweet from Gilbert Gottfried of our episode. So that I got, feel like there's been other shit too. There, there's been just... there's been other things like that. But most recently we had uh, <laughs> uh, 
I don't. I shouldn't I, I, laugh an, about an, this. An interaction that that sort of went sour. Yeah. Um, uh, we just you know, a little. For those of you who uh, listened last week, we talked about the movie The Fanatic with uh, with uh, John Travolta and Devin Sawa. And uh, and we're not. We if you listen to the episode, we're pretty fair on the movie. I think people like to. Sh- this has been like the the Razzie movie of the year, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's more than that. Yeah, it's no, better than that. I think we're we're very uh, positive towards the movie. Um, but anyway, we had you know, if you follow us on Twitter, I tweet about the show whenever a new episode is released, and I had you know said we're talking about the movie with you know, and I I tagged Devin Sawa in the tweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, what'd you say? You said the, the movie the, is the tweet I said was uh, we're talking about a movie that is um, not nearly as bad. No, we're talking a movie that is way better than its reputation. Yeah. But and not nearly as horrifying as this poster would have you believe, because the movie poster that they were yeah, just was, look at it was it's, very it intimidating. Match... It does not match the tone of the movie. Yeah, not quite. He's got mm-hmm. a, you know, he's carrying a bloody knife. You think that he's like a murderer and like, like a, he's going to murder a few people in this. Yeah, movie. like he's a serial killer. We're yeah. going to get some. We're going to get lots of blood and and kills in this movie. Not the case. Spoilers. Not so yeah. So um, and then Devin Sawa responded to that saying like that seems. I mean, you could look at it on Twitter, but it, he said something that his, he says. Uh, pe- people say people are saying this, and we were like saying what? He, he said that you know that seems to be the consensus, but it's easier for people to that it's better than its to their podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, by talking negative about it, and it was I couldn't understand if he was uh saying that we were the ones shitting on his movie because we were actually being favorable. So I responded to him, and I was like, hey, I don't know if, but we were actually being very positive about it. And he was like, no, 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 I didn't mean you guys. Yeah, he said, no, 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 he was very nice in his response. He clarified. Totally nice, totally cordial. He even followed up after that, talking about uh, a different poster that he wanted to push. He was. On, he even agreed with Jer in the tweet about the poster being more scary than the movie lets on. Yeah, he was like, this is, he was like, yeah, we, like this is a, a, a shitty poster. I, I really tried to fight that poster. I, this is the poster. That was that, some inside baseball yeah, shit. Yeah, it was really cool. Know? I was like, oh, this is the most interaction we've ever really had with a celebrity. Yeah. And then it kind of went sour. A little bit. A little bit. Because he here's my theory is he saw your tweet. Yeah. He interacted with you. Yeah. And then he listened to the entire episode. Or he started to listen to it. An and episode. maybe he stopped at a certain point. And the point was when I, I, comp- I said he was, he looked like Brad Pitt's weathered little brother. Yes. A perfectly. Uh, he kind of looks a little rough. You know, yeah, a little rough. Look, if and Devin he's a Sawa handsome th- dude. Look, if Devin Sawa thinks he's as baby faced as he was in 1999, right. he's he's lying to himself. Well, what did he do? But, he tweeted so after hearing that part. He, he his his tweet without tagging us into it because I I lately later figured out he doesn't really like when people tag other people in tweets. I also I didn't want to give you the publicity, whether negative or positive. I think. Yeah, he said some shitty podcast said I look like Brad Pitt's little weathered. Little brother, brother, little brother, and in then the he movie spaced the it out, and he says, and "He's like, I'll take it. He's thanks. Like, That's cool. I'll take it." Yeah, and uh, I, I don't. know. It's hard to read like the sarcasm, the dry sarcasm sometimes, but I really think he's being sincere. Like, yeah, he's saying hashtag fuck it, hashtag fuck it. Well, what he's I'll saying, I'll take it. You know, and I, I had to. Fight but he did call us a shitty he podcast. Referred to us as a shitty podcast, and if he had, Mister Sawa, Mister Sawa, <laughs> Wild America's Mister Sawa, I take issue, <laughs> sir. Mister Sa- Junior from Little Giants, I, sir, the human form of Casper, the friendly ghost, I take issue, sir. I, 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 I Stan, please just calm down He's for a second. Stan. He is Stan. He's Marshall Mathers is Stan. Yeah. 
hey, dear Devin, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. <laughs> no, like, no, seriously, though. I want to be, that's easy. Those are all easy targets. Can I, can I rewind here and say, A, he has every right to call us shitty. <laughs> yeah. B, he has every right to say what he said. Yeah. C, we have every right to see what we say what we said. Yes. D, he looks like Brad Pitt's <laughs> weathered little brother. And, and I e, said, I respect the guy. Yeah. And honestly, we weren't criticizing the performance that I said. I I think I said he wasn't that great in the movie. You <laughs> said that with you. I think I said something. I like that. I, I think I didn't listen to the episode, but I do recall praising him uh, at certain moments. Yeah, um, like when he kisses his housekeeper, and it's like there's that awkwardness, that palpable awkwardness between them. After I believe that shit. They're smiling, but I'm just I smiling honestly because believe like, that shit. We're, 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 just we're justifying our love of Devin we, Sawa. No, I just think it's it's funny. Like it. it I don't want to talk about it so much that it sounds like we're like, so Devin, we're like, what the hell? Yeah, like, yeah, we're, like, yeah, we're not yeah, really yeah, griping yeah. about it that much. I we would like to end it here. While actually. we're talking about uh, our celebrity interactions, we just had one that kind of went sour. Just a little. Um, but anyway, the point that I was going to say was that I would have felt more offended to be compared to Jeremy Renner. So like, you know, like. <laughs> Which you did. The Brad Pitt thing, not so bad. Maybe did Was that before or after I called him? Weather, or was it just during that it was, part? It was, uh, I think I made the comparison and then Kevin was like, I thought it was Jeremy Renner the whole time. <laughs> here's so, a, like, I, I just hope, here's what I, I'll just end it with and then I'll put a pin in it. Well, I know he became a subscriber after this. I'm sure he became a subscriber. <laughs> Devin, I know you're listening. Please yeah. continue to because I respect you. And also, um, I w- I only hope that you listened to the entire episode and didn't stop after the Brad Pitt comment. That was like, you know, a little stupid glib little shtick that we do on this show. We make dumb jokes, and yes. that's what we do. And uh, that's... You know, and it, yeah, it's easy to take the the route of shitting on something, but um, at the same time, it's not funny to praise his performance. So you know what? Right, We're right, make right. a little dig if we can. It's, <laughs> who cares? You're in the public eye. Mr. Sawa. Yeah, you make a good point. When an actor is in a movie, they put themselves out to a certain degree for a certain amount of criticism. I feel ours was in a certain uh, reasonability. Certain amount. Yeah, I mean, we are know. just criticizing the way he looks these days yeah. to a certain but degree. But when you're an actor, that you put your face on, out and everything, people are going to criticize the way you look. And I think it wasn't... Hey, I would love to be compared to Brad Pitt. Yeah, anyway. So, anyway, he took positive, it. Positive things about the Do you person. think we talked about this enough? I, I don't think so. <laughs> Um, we were talking about our father. We got into this <laughs> I know because well, we, we want to avoid emotion right now. Yeah. Um, so it's easier true. to talk about Devin Sawa than our dead, dead father. Just relax, yeah. people. We're not robots. No. Yeah. Robots. We're Did not, you say robots? I didn't say. You said robots. Do you say robot? No. That's no. like uh, one of those cute, intentionally wrong, which can be funny, but I don't go out of my way to say robot. No, I don't either. Is, do people like normally just say I know some without the intention of being who, funny? I've heard somebody say robot before. Wow. And I was like, what the fuck is your problem? Hey. Where were you raised, motherfucker? <laughs> where were you where were you raised? On the moon. Oh. Then you go, oh, oh. Where robots robots actually live. On the Do moon. You know there, were, there are robots in the moon. Yeah. So um looking forward past this first uh phase of ninety episodes, we um we have more to come. We have some new content that we're hoping to bring. Chair keeps talking about this content. You, I can't um, believe you don't remember it because we tweeted. We we were texting about it, <laughs> and you said you said it was on theme, um, and that it was a decent idea if we could do it. Okay, I think I know what you're talking yeah. about now, guys. You're in for a treat. Inside baseball here.
Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, we just wanted to kind of reminisce a little bit about um, this this first group of 90 episodes and, and what we have look, to look forward to. We are going to continue. We, we don't plan to stop now that we have reached 90 episodes. I know that kind of seems like the conceit of it. My, my, my own wife was like, oh, you guys are going to keep going? <laughs> I thought you were going to do 90 episodes. It is 90 you said, under 90. You said in the beginning... 90 movies yeah. under 90 minutes. So you guys, why so you, you lied. So you makes lied. me wonder what else you're lying about, <laughs> or what else we're just wrong about. That's why Jared's on the couch. Yeah, yeah. every night, every, every other night, <laughs> <laughs> every other night, uh, every other night. Uh, um, so yeah, that is. Uh, we here it is the the recovered episode, uh, an episode very special to us. It's 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 we, it's beginning. It, it's in the early days of our recording so it's still got the um and admittedly like we're not i'm a i'm not the hugest talking heads fan i like the the band but right. i didn't delve into the history i don't know a lot about david byrne you'll have to forgive us I, we're just having fun shooting the shit yeah uh, with our father yeah and and and, and that's the kind him. of and and we you know he's a big music guy but the the other thing about our dad is that like and we we kind of we asked him to be a part of this episode in, in hopes that like oh maybe he'll throw out some interesting trivia and whatnot personal trivia that's what I was looking for. But the the sometimes when uh you put our dad on the spot without telling him in advance, hey, we want you to come up with a couple We should have submitted it in writing, yeah, I think, he, ahead of he, time. He clams up a little bit when uh when he's put on the spot. So and this was definitely the first time we ever recorded with him, so he didn't loosen up as much as he had mm-hmm. uh with other later episodes and, and uh He wasn't burning down the house. No. So <laughs> to speak. Watch out But this is a once in a lifetime opportunity we're yes because we recovered this this file and uh heaven is a place where nothing happens nothing um, ever happens uh this must be the place <laughs> <laughs> naive melody <laughs> it's like i can't think of another song uh, on the album. i just want to say uh, i miss you dad yes love you very much i think about you every day and and, uh, uh, and he's listening up there. He he he's, yeah. he's he's got nothing better to do than to listen to our <laughs> goddamn podcast. Yeah, he's so. like, I can listen to Jimi Hendrix <laughs> perform in my bedroom if I wanted to. <laughs> Why would I listen to you guys? Yeah, your biggest fan, that guy. Everything we did, including this. So gonna miss him. Um. So yeah, on that uh, emotional note, uh, this is the recovered file. We hope you enjoy it. And uh, we will um, have some special treats for you after this because this is our last episode in our first phase of 90. Woo! Stop making sense. All right, on today's show, clocking in at 88 minutes, we're talking about 1984's Stop Making Sense, directed by Jonathan Demi, the late Jonathan Demi, one of two dead Demis. Who were both filmmakers. Both good film. One great, one pretty good. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm I liked uh, Life. Was that a Ted Demi joint? Yes, Life and Blow were the two. Oh, I like big, Blow. Uh, yeah, Blow was a good movie. But this is Jonathan Demi. This is we're Jonathan Demi here. of the uh, of the same uh, of the uh, Silence of the Lambs. Shot in '83, and this is seven years before Silence of the Lambs. For a little history on Demi, because that's probably the the benchmark of his career. Yeah. Uh, 91 won the Oscar for Best Director for Silence of the Lambs. But seven years prior, he does this concert video. This film. This Not film. a video. This, it's this, a film. Uh, yeah, this, this concert film. How dare I? Yeah. Full-fledged full film. Full-fledged film. Now, 
I okay, I did a little research and it there were conflicting facts. It okay. said it was shot in at Hollywood's Pentage Theater, Pentage Pentage's Theater in December of 1983 over the course and I saw it, two nights, three nights, four nights. Yeah. It was well, it was definitely there. multiple nights because there's uh, uh, definitely continuity errors in the movie. That's oh, a, I didn't really. And if you look at what they're yeah. wearing, it, it seems to me it would be three nights. Okay. Yeah, because there's one time where his hair is just totally slicked back, and it's like. I thought it was just goes, during a break, like you know. It's like, it kind of, it's, it's definitely uh, set up to look like that, I believe. Because just go in the, he needs to go back, uh, do a lines, put some water in his hair, <laughs> slick it back, come right back out, it, and do his crazy dancing it, again. If you look at his eyes, it looks like exactly what he did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember uh, uh, a little history. Can we start? Uh, yeah. Because this, I like this. I love this movie actually. And, and uh, Dad introduced it to me uh, probably uh, you know seven years ago. You asked for it for Christmas. I ordered it for you. And at the time I was living with you, and you watched it, it was like the day after Christmas, and I was like, this is pretty fucking cool, uh, and I got into it, and so... And then you, based on your recommendation, yeah. that's why I actually gave it a shot, because admittedly, sometimes Dad will uh, suggest things that, I, that I'm like... Sometimes it's hit, sometimes it's It's, it's hit or miss, yeah. but uh, this was one of those things where... Uh, this and Flight of the Concords was another one where... Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going into it, special I was like, oh, God, what is this going to be? And then I was like, oh, God, no, this is actually really funny. Way to go. Like, yeah, yeah. Right on the money with that one. There's some gems. Uh, and yeah, this one was, it was definitely a cool... Uh, Movie to watch. Absolutely. 50% uh, kill rate. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it starts with... Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it starts with a shot of uh, the floor, basically. And uh, these legs come out. And uh, it's kind of like uh, looking like Pee Wee Herman, almost. Because he's like, got the shoes <laughs> and his gray pants that are a little short. Sure, sure. Well, like, I wonder what this guy's going to look like. The suit's looking a little baggy. And then we're going to talk. It gets a little did baggier you, as we go. Did you guys catch that when he, he comes out with the boom box? Yeah. And he hits the button, the play button? He says, hi, I have a tape right, I want to play. Have you done enough recording where you've seen like the needle move when there's sound? Sure. That needle never moves. You could tell it's just a prop. It, yeah, it is. It was a sound Absolutely. guy oh, yeah. doing it's a the PA. Because this is a big theater, right. and nobody <laughs> in the back is going to hear this boombox. But I mean, being, being like a, you know, I, I look for little bloopers and things You're like that all the time. In, in terms of, of watching a film, you, you look for that I would have preferred if it just had a, a tape with the volume all the way down, but still the needle moved. Sure. Just to throw my brain, you know, yeah. just, just something I caught early on, that's all. I don't know, I was a little gullible, I was like, is that the, did they mic just, <laughs> is there a mic on the floor that I don't see? No, no, no it's not, they're no. playing it from an external PA, <laughs> Absolutely. and it's a 808 drum machine, and he's got his acoustic guitar, and it's just him, and that's the thing about this movie, it builds as it goes. Yes, it's yes. A, it starts with a completely bare stage, bare to the point where you can see completely to the back Very of the entire building, basically. In, industrial looking, a lot, uh, Roger Ebert compared this to, to Metropolis of all films because mm -hmm. it has an industrial feel to it. Yeah, it's got just like some gear in the background and some stairs that look like they're out of the set of Hamilton. <laughs> and, uh, it's got to be roomy just because you can tell the, the far shots that uh, you know the camera is not like right up in them. There's it's, a deep background back. on this stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, so it's one guy, it's one stage. lanky man on a stage with and a guitar. It's and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and, and Killian Murphy's love child, uh, <laughs> David, David Byrne. Byrne. 
And honestly, if I'm in the audience and I did not know the concept of what I was about to see, I'd feel completely ripped off. I'd be like, what the? I paid to see the Talking no, Heads. What's no. going to happen? That's here? If, you, if you were a fan of the Talking Heads, though, circa 83, you'd know that, that you're in for something special, I think, with this film. Yeah, I think I started listening to them in like uh, 79 or 80, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. But give us some history. I think they started in 77 or something. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about them is, did, did they start off in CBGB, which is a punk venue, and I never thought of them as punk, but a lot of people do. I, they're like art rock. They're uh, that yeah. sort of... What do you classify them as? Um, exactly, like a art rock. Uh, this is more of a, a you know, a, a performance art than it is, mm-hmm. you know, a, a rock concert mm-hmm. to me. I mean, I the visuals in this is just amazing. Yeah, to a degree. I mean, there are some very impressive uh, visuals later on. And his his gyrations and his antics. I yeah, mean, let's, right off the bat with let's psychic talk, killer. Yeah, let's talk psycho killer. killer. Psychic yeah. killer. We should <laughs> kill, <laughs> kill a few psychics out there. Yeah. Psycho killer. Psycho um, killer. Well, he's got his, which, is off- a, which is an admirable profession, he's I would got, say. He's got an awesome, you know, voice and... Uh, but a, a you say awesome. Suit. Some yes. would say I, I don't like David Byrne's voice. Oh, really? And even uh, David Byrne, there's this video. It's a promotional video well, for Stop Making Sense, where he interviews himself as various characters. It's very weird and quirky. Uh-huh. But he he cops to not having such a great voice. But it's more about he says it allows them to listen more to the words he's saying by having that he uses that to his advantage. Well, not I, having a I don't know if it voice. works because there's some songs that I don't understand a fucking thing that he's saying well, at yeah. all. Yeah, well, that'll do it. Too. But I, I dig his song. voice too. It's uh, I, when he I gets like his, deeper uh, and grinds out a lyric. It's I, I like that uh-huh. part. But he's really rocking that acoustic, and he's he shows that they're to have. If you really want to capture your audience's attention, have an energetic performance, and this is the probably the most well, uh, kinetic, is, energetic performance it's I've like ever a, seen. I mean, it's like Jim Carrey later on. Like, it's like <laughs> it's well, watching Jim right right Carrey do his with, thing with Psycho Killer uh, when they do the uh, the rapid fire, like the fireworks, you know, which is and he jumps all over the place and then jumps right back in to the song. That that to me makes it performance art. That's actually supposed to be. Some say uh, a reference to the movie Breathless, the ending. That da 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 is supposed yeah. to be gunshots, and he's oh, supposed okay. to be taking the hits Jean on the Paul stage. Mondo. Interesting. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what I read in some sort of article that they yeah. wanted to delve deep into the film. Now, is, the it, original, like, is yeah. this factual or is this somebody's theory? Um, no, I mean it did. It was similar to that in the movie. That, I don't know if the filmmakers cop to that being a reference. If you're yeah. asking if that's I a re- direct okay. reference to well, Breathless, then, okay. we'll, we'll Americanize it and say that it's Clyde and Bonnie and Clyde when they get gunned <laughs> sure. down by Arthur. Sure. <laughs> but no, I do get that vibe. Now, after I read that, I was like, oh, he's 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 kind of miming getting shot. Why is he doing this? Yeah, like and he's after the, right back well, into so that's it. why I'm saying, like, after the after the fact, as I'm thinking about it, like, yeah, that actually makes sense if that was intended that way. Mm-hmm. But is it also like something that was interpreted after the fact that yeah. some people just you know theorize and I'm not sure that it, becomes bigger than what is the truth? You know, we, you, I'm sure we can get those it. answers. You don't expect it, and yeah. when it happens, it's like, whoa, look at this. It's, a nice surprise. Yeah. And then uh, they get into uh, Heaven, and uh, that's when Tina Weymouth joins him on stage playing that bass. And yeah, it's just yeah. the two of them, and it's really intimate. And that's the thing about this movie. All the articles I read, they couldn't stress how personable and intimate and how idiosyncratic the individual people, you're supposed to be friends with them by the end. Yeah. And I get that vibe. 
because uh, it starts with her, and then we get Chris and, and on drums. She at some uh, point, like uh, in, during the song Heaven, she looks like she's kind of laughing at the situation. She's just probably having a great fucking I, I time. Everybody so. in this movie yeah. is having a great time. I love it. It's infectious. Yeah. I, I love how 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 much joy they get in the performance of this movie. As a matter of fact, I read people when it first came out were just getting in the aisles and dancing, which where, where, where else are you going to see that in a movie theater? People literally getting up yeah, and yeah. dancing to the movie. Maybe Rocky Horror at yeah. a midnight screen, but <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a the, rare thing. The, the bass lines are really good in this one. You know, oh, yeah. Bass lines. And, and her voice is just, uh, you know, angelic might be cliche, but it's you're singing the song heaven and she's you know hitting the high notes uh, really well yeah mm-hmm. and we also get a backup vocals from off stage which gives it a heavenly vibe doesn't it right yeah yeah, yeah the girls in the backup group mm-hmm. and, sure but nothing ever happens in heaven though that's my problem but just <laughs> like, I, heaven we're nothing <laughs> if you want to if, if we want to talk about the lyrics i i dig it yeah. there's too much bullshit in life it just gets thrown at you in heaven nothing happens you just chill yeah. all day well, I dig it they are impe- all right, okay. impeccable that's, that's, a, that's an optimistic view of nothing happening so. would you uh, to me I equate the uh, the guys that are all dressed in black and they're bringing out the stage which is black and piecing it together it, it looks like a bunch of worker ants just in the background <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you equate it to anything else? He it... actually, um, David Byrne. Mm-hmm. Here's a story. I read an interview with Chris France. It was Rolling Stone, and this was years later. They were doing the anniversary of Stop Making Sense, and you know he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder with David. They're not on the. They're on email right. terms apparently, because wow. David Byrne is. A kind of an egomaniac, I think most would agree. Okay. So anyway, he told the band to dress in neutral colors. Very don't. He said, "quote Don't stand out." Yeah. And they didn't know and he was gonna. They kind of knew he was gonna come out with this giant suit. Uh. I don't think they realized exactly what it looked like until he was there on the stage wearing it. It's Whoa. just kind of when you say black people wearing all black, I think it's just blended into the scenery. Yeah. Yeah, but you know the band here in this on this one, uh, they're all wearing gray. And then he comes out to the drums, and he's got a splash of color with his his bright Chris, blue. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they were fighting. He's like, you know what, they David? I be. am gonna stand <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, this is in your face. Kind an of electric stuff. blue yeah, polo. You, you don't want me to stand out? That's and, uh, That's okay. Uh, years later, him and Tina would get married. Uh, oh, that's yeah. Interesting. They are currently married, and they are still playing with the Tom Tom Club. Interestingly wow. enough, then I would I wouldn't mind catching that. that is. Yeah, good for those I would guys. Like to hear more of their songs. Love prevails. So uh, it, the, it it's at this point you start to like I feel appreciate each instrument individually because you're yes. here it's you're, it's starting to layer them on there absolutely so yeah you start to notice them more than you would if they just came out and all mm-hmm. started playing together and also uh, this film it really elevates the band as performers as visual performers because you can listen to a Talking Heads record circa the eighties mm-hmm. but to watch them physical make it make it a physical manifestation of the performance it's yeah. uh it's really something to behold well i think you know another again with the everybody wearing gray it's all about the voices and the music itself rather than you know what you're wearing is not a distraction mm-hmm. except I, for that drummer who's just like uh, look at me <laughs> I, i've seen david Byrne since then mm-hmm. uh he was traveling with uh, saint vincent and uh, uh in telluride they came there and everybody on stage, men and women, they were all in white. Mm-hmm. The men had white suits, white shirts, white ties, and white tutus, did, did like these, ballerinas. Oh. Did these suits fit them, or were they too No, they were normal, they were normal, because they were all jumping all around. <laughs> but, uh, and then the, the girls all had, like, uh, you know, pants, 
legs that were all white, and they also had tutus, but yeah. um, it was like you couldn't tell the men from the women at some points when they were leaping around. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, they did a really good synchronized wheelchair bit. But <laughs> so the Talking Heads <laughs> broke up in uh, 91. It was too soon, whatever it was. <laughs> and, and he still plays uh, some of the hits, though, when in his individual yes. solo shows. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, as a writer, uh, he probably has, you know, and a founder of the band, he, he probably, it's like Pink Floyd. Yeah. You know. Roger Waters uh, can do his thing. Right. And David Gilmore can still go around, call himself Pink Floyd if they want. Yeah. Which one's Floyd, though? Um, the one that's pink. <laughs> <laughs> so so then we get into uh, Thank You for Sending Me an Angel. Some galloping drums from Chris France. Yes. He's really having some fun out there. They, they let the fun begin. That's all I got to say. Yeah, everyone's yeah. having fun. Uh, lyrics have nothing to do with the title. As no, far as you I can, can walk, tell. You can talk just it like was, me. It was fairly short song, too. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't that long. Yeah, this, like, this, the first... I would say half of this movie zips by really yeah, fast. And I'd say it, I like, prefer yeah. it much more to the second half, yeah. if I'm being honest. Uh, agreed. Yeah. True. <laughs> no, I don't it's disagree. Unanimously <laughs> agree. Um, so we zip right into Found a Job. Yes. Right. This is one where I'm like, I can't understand a damn word that he's saying at all. Like, What's the matter with you? I don't yeah. know. I, like, I couldn't understand. Like, I don't know. I work around printers during the day so like it's, no, it's fucking up the, my hearing wasn't my hearing's gonna go by the time i'm 45 i'm gonna be isn't like isn't that the fuck. line though what's the matter with you all right is that found a job am i getting ahead uh, i gotta get on yeah. my talking heads yeah, we, yeah, yeah i don't know the difference okay never mind can we cut that part <laughs> yeah i look like an idiot um i'll give some yes. okay I'll move on. Okay. So, well, Jerry it. Harrison comes out. Uh, you know, they uh, they've each come out one by one, basically, and this is Jerry's turn. So he gets a nod. Mm-hmm. He starts out playing guitar, but the rest of the the show, it's I think he's on keyboards. That's right. Yeah, yeah that was interesting too. Is like I was noticing that there's a few different times where people play multiple instruments. So mm-hmm. and like totally different instruments. Like there are percussionists doing like strings yeah. at some mm-hmm. point or something like that. He had a really good uh, solo album later on too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think of something of the, the gods. <laughs> <laughs> Mana of the gods by Mana Jerry Harrison. No. Jerry of the gods by Jerry Harrison. Yeah, that must have been it. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. He <laughs> seems like that kind of guy, that Jerry. Um, there are no crowd shots in this movie. He's, he's got the song Rev It Up. It's the, the big hit off of that album. Oh, yeah. I never heard of I it. How's it go? That's right. Rev it up, rev it up to the morning light. <laughs> <laughs> it really sounds like a talking head song. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the crowd shot, as far as crowd shots go, there's very few. Like, yeah, I see. But, like, near the end, I feel like there's a few shots where you can kind of see. Or at least there's one song where he is, he's kind of, like, up in their faces almost. <laughs> yeah, and it was, yeah, that was just one song. I want to talk about that when we get to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, but they're like, I don't think there are any inserts of them, just like, like, a, someone smiling in the audience. No, no, it's just like, not cut like, dancing. You're like, fuck the audience. Yeah, you know, yeah, you they're them. in the background when they have the appropriate angle, like, behind the band, and they just yeah. happen to be dancing, uh, uh, you know, yeah. on the floor. Yeah. And I was going to comment about that, too. I think, I think it was three nights, and I think, you know, just one night all far shots, and then one night right on the stage kind mm-hmm. of shots, and then another one of just mobile. I thought, um, 
Demi worked closely with maybe like the choreography, but really what happened was uh, him and his girlfriend came by and they were big Talking Heads fans. His girlfriend's name is Sandy MacLeod and she's actually responsible for where the cameras are placed in this movie. Jonathan Demi was working on a Goldie Hawn movie and she wanted to reshoot all of her footage. Sweet yeah. shift. That's the one. <laughs> and uh, he had to go back and reshoot. And Sandy just studied the band and followed them while they were on tour. And they were developing this show. So yeah. what we see is just what they're doing. Yeah. And they're just capturing it. Right. So Sandy said, okay, uh, David's going to be here at this time. He's going to bring out the boombox here. I think you should put a camera here, here. She kind of co-directed the film. We got to give Sandy some credit here. Director of photography. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, And then Jonathan came back and they, they shot it. Yeah, I know that at one point they wanted to recreate something and the band de declined to do it like on a stage with that because they were like, their yeah. energy is going to be without a down crowd, without yeah. an audience. Exactly. Right. And here they seem like they're very happy all being up there together Yeah. for, for the first time. Yeah, we get into Slippery People and uh, that bongo <laughs> player comes out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. oh, my, you want to talk about loving it. Yeah. He is having the time oh, of his yeah. fucking that life on that Steve stage. Steve Scales is his name. They're all, they all do, did a couple rails. They're all out <laughs> having a great time. He's banging down. Like, and then you got I love the, the backup singers. They're having a great yes. time, too. Look, yeah. They're just enjoying themselves. I got, and it's interesting when you compare, like, David Byrne's face to the energy and the happiness on the face of everybody else who's around him. He's just stone-faced and just, like, energetic and gyrating all around. But and yeah. everybody else is just smiling, having a time of That's their lives. That's also part of the artist in him. Yeah. Doing that. Um, the movie, really. it opened exclusively in art theaters. It wasn't, it didn't have blockbuster potential. I think they knew their audience. And that's why it allowed the movie to play for so many years in those small theaters. That's where I first saw it, was in, oh, yeah. in the city of Chicago at an artist, uh, arts theater right on Michigan Avenue. Is that, was that the name small of the house. theater? It was, I think, I, not United Artists, but mm. something artist. Yeah. And um, it was there for weeks and weeks, and I finally I was like, well, i got to see what this is all about. And How old were you? I went there afterward. I was uh, 23, 24, 24. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 24, 24, maybe going on 25, but... You went to go see stuff. Maybe were you with yeah. mom or? Uh, I was, you? but yeah. uh, we had a day where, um, well, a few days where um, we would honor as a union, you know, an elevator constructor. We honor picket lines, and uh, the sheet metal workers were on strike on this job that we were at, mm -hmm. and uh, we all decided to just uh, call it a day for three days straight. You know, while they. So they got their contract. You guys said, stuff. hey, you want to stop making sense? We're going to go see stop making right, sense. You got to start making sense of all of this bullshit. That's you what know. your sign said after you saw the movie. Yeah, that was it. But I told all of my friends about it. And, oh, yeah? You know, always after that, yeah. You dug it. And then, you know, later I got the, the video. How much were videos then, like $75 <laughs> for a VHS copy of Stop Making Sense? They were probably about the same as they are now. You know, anywhere from 25 to 35. Uh, okay. Yeah. I just know it was like hard to get copies of right. movies in, in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. So you would just wait and get the rental and watch yeah, a God scratchy forbid, version. You, you lose the only VHS copy that a video store has of something. Yeah, or, that's a $100 oh, fine geez. right there. Or worse yet, don't rewind. Not a fine. Yeah. I mean, that's the, price of the, that's the price of the tape. Worse, you don't rewind, he says. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but these guys were pretty young here. I don't think uh, anybody on the stage was over 30. Uh, when this was done, they they all look young. All I know is uh, that they spent one point two million of their own dollars 
raise the budget for this movie. And apparently, according to Chris, this is like their life savings. They didn't have a lot of savings, so they poured. And they were thankful that they did it later, obviously. Yeah, it was a I big success. In the early 1980s dollars. Which is like, you know, like 75 million now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, if, we, if we're going to talk about how we view it as a film, I would say once everybody assembles... Burning down the house is the first act break of this film. Like if we're yeah. taking narrative structure, because yeah. that's our yes moment. We're and on I, our way. And I, to, well, mathematically, right. times out to be about that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's, it's ironic because they just finished building the set right about then. Exactly. <laughs> now, they're, now they're burning down the house. So there is there is a narrative structure to this film. It's just very 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 loose. Real subtle too. Oh yeah, but everyone's having a fucking blast, right? <laughs> oh, don't make no mistake yeah. they're having a good time i've said it about uh, just a few bands but this is one where you know playful experimentation is uh, a key phrase for me they they're trying different things up there obviously yeah, yeah. <laughs> what like acid well, and, uh, <laughs> no i want to be fair here uh, they were probably just on a little know. bit of cocaine yeah <laughs> maybe a couple beers mid 80s hell yes they are we're uh, we're we're watching a little bit here on mute, and um, what's the guy who just stuck out his tongue? The the black gentleman who also played uh, the the bongo player. That's uh, Steve Scales. Yeah, Thank scales. you, Scales stuck out his tongue. I love those moments. They're yeah. like those subtle personal moments. Yeah, of just, and that like yes, you said subtle personal like idiosyncrasies was what they focused on. Was like what? What are the little ticks? That's what I'm interested. In, says Jonathan Demi. You know, that's how we're gonna cut the movie. Right. We're gonna stay on Burn long enough to see if he like, you know, maybe he uh, furrows his brow a little bit here at this moment. You know, <laughs> little things, things like that. Sure. Um, moving into life during wartime. I think that's my favorite. Life during wartime. This is this is the performance where I'm like, you can see the performance influence that david byrne has on weird al to to an extent like honest yeah. to god I, I honestly feel like because i mean obviously weird al is a big talk, talking heads fan mm-hmm. so like to a degree i think that like this movie probably had to have influenced his physical performance on yeah, stage to a certain degree physical with the knees wobbling with the wobbling and yeah. like yeah it's it's wacky There's all these convulsive dances and it, it again it's real visual <laughs> yeah, and, and then Burn like at, near the end of the song, he just starts jogging like around. <laughs> like he clearly is he does like, some laughs. He's a, like doing lines like in the middle of the, like, the a, laugh. That's a breakaway though. Right before he does it though, the, the whole band is running in place. Yeah. So I think he does it just to like stand out. He's like a, he's just everybody <laughs> is like draining as much like like. How much energy can we drain from ourselves <laughs> during this song? Like, this is their cardio workout for the it really is. And freaking the, year. And we're only like a half hour into this thing. Yeah, it's like, right. You'd, I would probably be out of breath by the end of That's maybe was, thank you for sending me an angel. And I, I wouldn't be on stage yet. I'd be with the key, like the keyboardist waiting to come out, and then yeah. I'd be out of breath. That's I how. No one, no one has stopped to take a breath at that point. Still, so I was just gonna say the same thing. It's just yeah, like at this point, movement. it's just it keeps going, but then it does kind of stop because you can clearly see that there is a break. Yeah, I was gonna ask about breaks in this. I don't, uh, I don't know. I think uh, in the album, it's clear at the end of one of the tracks. He says, "We're gonna take a break. We'll be back." And then, um, 
or maybe he did to get in the big suit because that's when he Tom Tom Club was playing when he's getting in the the big suit yeah, later. That's still, a ways yeah, that's, to go. that's a waste. Right to go, now, yeah. he goes from his regular suit to just a slightly larger suit. You can tell because the the pants are baggier, yeah. and the shoulders are just a hair fuller. That's a mind fuck. There. It is. It is. <laughs> and like, I think that's like, is this at the point where his hair is slicked back and it's you know totally I different from the way it was? Believe it is right around there. Yeah. There's uh, anyway, but like we come back. And uh, there's these weird flashing words on the screen. Yeah, like, um, like uh, some of which are dust balls, onion, and public library. Yeah, like, what yeah. are these uh, plastic surgery? What are these yeah. images we're supposed to hear? There's... Cheese fat. Is that, is that during uh, life Bank during account. wartime, or it's, is that uh, making flippy making floppy? Making flippy floppy is where we're at at yes. this point. Yeah, but that that you know, it's like Blue Man Group when they do the words on the wall. It's yeah, and you choose your screen almost. It, like, yeah. But I, they're going by slowly, so you can read all three. If yeah, but are we supposed to be, or are we supposed to be, like, uh, immersed in the musicians? Or I, I'm not sure why the words are Why are there. they intentionally trying to distract us from yes. what's happening on stage? Yeah. They're forcing your attention away from the screen, I guess? They have a bunch of big words lying around backstage they wanted to highlight. I don't know. I think maybe it's a statement on society, man. You just don't get it. Yeah, onions? dust falls, onions, what even public onions? library. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? That's a statement if I ever heard one. Carburetor, burn ward, Vaseline. <laughs> Those things make sense. I guess so. <laughs> That's just my train of thought. Wow. Oh, okay. But in this one too is when you notice uh, like a costume change across the board so I think it was filmed on a different night even yeah yeah that's possible too that they just chose a different costume each night and one night was baggier than the other he's like that's that suit was way too tight (laughs) 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 I need to loosen up I need a little more room apparently he was quoted as saying I'm sure he was being facetious but he said "Uh, I always thought uh I had a big head so I, I just made my body look bigger to make my head look smaller that's how it's done yeah and also he looks um, like a 12 year old boy who's just like really tall for (laughs) and like disproportionate no clothes fit him at this point then there's another story someone said uh everything's bigger on stage so we took that quote and he kind of ran with it with this by literally making his suit bigger on stage well don't they say the camera makes you look 10 pounds or 15 pounds heavier anyhow that's what they say do you agree with that or maybe it's just when I look at pictures of me yeah (laughs) maybe it's just me too maybe it's just that he burned so many calories the first night running around on stage that he literally shrank and the suit was the same size but he's just smaller they just changed their lenses a little bit maybe he needed room for a little air conditioning unit like Michael Jackson with the didn't he have like something like that in one of his jackets? I don't know about that. I wouldn't surprise it's me. It's like a, either a heater or an air conditioning, maybe both. Something. Why would you he's, have a heater on stage? Because he's the king of pop, and he set himself oh. on fire. So. <laughs> sure, well, you got to go there. Was an explosion. Well, he didn't do it. Himself. You could have went. Yeah. You could have went elsewhere with that. Yeah. Like with his child. But instead, I had to bring up the dreaded Pepsi incident from the 80s. Yeah, why we got to relive that? Anyway, let's move on to Swamp. Swamp. And uh, this is where, like, he's singing like, he sounds like the lead singer of War. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, what is he doing with his voice? He's like, is he about to sing Lowrider after this? (laughs) (laughs) That's what he sounds like in this song. 
Well, I like it. He's like a cartoon. I picture, you know what I picture is an animated crow with a cigar <laughs> singing Swamp. <laughs> That's what I picture. Maybe it's some, some with gator backup dancers. It's just you know? a fun song to sing, too. Wait, okay. Give me, give me a little bit of history here, Dad. You saw it stop making sense when you were an elevator man. Yes. So I picture you. I'm still an elevator man, but go ahead. <laughs> That's true. When you were uh, in the field. Yes. And you were working in an elevator shaft, and like you got your tools, and you're just going. Sure. Wow, 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 wow. I always had a boombox and playing music all the time. Did, did we people, often sang along. Oh, did people not like your talking heads at work? Were some um, people like, "This man's they, fucking weird"? You couldn't say much about it. You yeah. Know? I mean, what are you gonna do? Bang on the door? Yeah. Turn that shit down. Yeah, we did get that one time. We did get that one time. There was a presentation going on in the hall and we were working on the elevator on the, right by the floors where the presentation and was. And you were blasting Swamp. I'm not sure what the song was, but we got some, uh, we heard it from the, the building. <laughs> <laughs> you got some Swamp complaints. We're going to drain yeah. the Swamp. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> you need to drain the Swamp from the building. <laughs> We can't have you playing that. that, right, that, that music song's anymore. too political. Sorry. <laughs> I, um, here's the thing about Talking Heads. If you you're in college, to you're going to like them if you want to be cool. Even now, when I was at Columbia and uh, we had a, a library on the second floor, but on the main floor was like this stage in the film building. And it had a big glass wall that you could see through. Very cool, very modern. But they would play music, and they played all of Stop Making Sense. Like, it's still a thing. You still sure. hear people talk about it. Like, people in their early 20s are still into the... It's still cool to like the talking heads. So they're kind of evergreen, and i got to respect them for that. Well, yeah. it has to do with the parents and generations. And, you know, what's the songs that you heard as a, chi- uh, as a child? What are the songs that were... Right. We liked. Yeah. Right. Like, I was familiar with three or four songs from this movie going into it, but without having ever seen it. And then I was like, okay, mm-hmm. now I understand what the rest of this music is mm-hmm. all about. And... But they kind of made uncool cool, didn't they? Talking well, heads. Because I, I, don't, I don't think they're, like, cool. I uncool think they're some freaking dorks. Slightly nerdish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah slightly nerdish. Like, they're more, apt, they're more apt to play, like, D&D in a basement than, like, go to, like, a big rager. But or the, more like an art gallery party, you know, or something like that. Yeah. R.E.M. was on the rise, too, at that time. Uh, another sort of a... Yeah, they're, they're like... Artsy, sure. you know, avant-garde kind of mm-hmm. band. So this kind of paved the just, way just for... Yeah, a more yeah. sort of sensitive, uh, a new different niche. side of rock. Oh, what a day that was. Which brings <laughs> us to what a day, what a that, day was. that was. Day was and that. you want to talk about the visuals, though. Like To me, this song, it's like really dark and very shadowy in the performance. And like it takes too long to get to To me, the more interesting thing is seeing their silhouettes like on the background. Yeah. When you see that wide shot and like against the white wall, you can see them like jamming yeah. out and like their shadows jamming out. Mm-hmm. And that's more interesting than all these close ups of like half, you know, dark faces and just like, I don't know. Like I prefer, I preferred the wide shot you, that you, you saw. You dug the shadows. It took like a full minute of the song to get to like one of those shots. Yeah. Well, they're, they're <clears throat> definitely, they're going for something there. Yeah. Um, great backup singers on that one. Mm. And um, the cameras were, was. they were much closer it was almost you know odd like it didn't continuity wise it was yeah just a little like, jarring right up there in there yeah they're yeah. like they're jam 
jammed up in their faces. Yeah. <laughs> you could see up David's nose. Well, maybe, you know, well, this is Jonathan Demi, so maybe it was like an early signs of uh, uh, Hannibal Lecter and, <laughs> Hello, uh, and Clarice doing their face <laughs> off at the glass. You know? Wait, wait, Clarice, don't go. I have one more thing I want to say. What if we just started singing in silence of the lambs? Swap. (laughs) If Hannibal Lecter started singing. Oh, Oh, man. man. That'd be good. They should do that. We're going boom, boom, boom. (laughs) It's got to be Swamp, though. The next song. But that was out of place in that movie, too. You know, just suddenly a, a... Real extreme close up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? What the hell is going on? Right. Here? So yeah. maybe that Demi had ideas of that back in the early 80s. Yeah, I wanna get I wanna get in your head with my <laughs> lens. <laughs> Jonathan, stop. You're scaring me. Stop I it. just wanna if there was if there like a, a fiber fiber optic cable I could just shove up your nose and into your brain. Jesus, Jonathan. I wish I knew if that was an accurate impression. <laughs> yeah, really. It's not. He's a very pleasant man. <laughs> he was. Rest in peace, Jonathan Demi. Oh, this must be the place. Naive melody. Oh yeah. Uh, this is my personal favorite song of their uh, of their catalog. catalog. Yes. Uh, for this movie, I I like the uh, studio version better than the live version. Admittedly. Uh, I. I don't know that I've ever heard the studio version. Really. I'm just so married to this song wow. that. Uh, well, they both had the great. You know, intro to it. You know, the they're very, they're, sim- they're pretty similar. I had to look up because, like, I was like, "What is naive melody all about? Like, what is that supposed to mean?" And that is like th- that little keyboard. That's what it is. That plays the entire yeah. time, and like, that's what it is. Yeah. It's a melody that never changes, but it seems like it does. That's, that's, yeah, it is <laughs> that's, a, that's what it means. Like, yeah. that's a literal. It's no. a simple song. Yeah. Um, and for a while, it's the least interesting thing to watch in the entire movie because they're just standing there, very still. But then he starts screwing around with the. Uh, with the lamp, right? That's what, that's I'm, in this, or am I getting that confused? No, I think I think you're right. I think that's when the lamp comes in. Yeah, because he's just yeah, they're just standing there by the lamp, and then he just starts yeah, doing all that right, stuff. The lamp it, dance. Yeah, the song is about home, and uh, they got the library book or not library books, but you know the bookshelves in the back. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. the lamp, yeah. And then the, the suit has gotten bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, once in a lifetime. Oh yeah, when we get into that, we get bookended with some some great Talking Heads hits again with the intro. It's almost when I think of that, I think of uh, Prince. Um, you know, um, and you may ask you. This one starts out with you know you you isn't it you you may ask yourself yeah and, you mm-hmm. may find yourself it's sure like he's delivering a sermon right yeah. and then it, you we, there's the the. The Prince song. And then you're like, Daily Beloved. Yeah, Daily Beloved. It's so much to do a mashup. <laughs> exactly. Call up uh, Dean Gray. That'd be interesting. <laughs> Was that the guy who did the Boulevard of Broken Songs? I have no the idea. Oasis Dean, and the if you're listening, Green uh, Day cut thing. us in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dean, give us a call. Uh, so at this point, he's wearing glasses. And it's like, what right. are you? You're a, playing a character now? Like a specific, a, diff- a different character? You're a, a different person? Who wants to slap the glasses off of his own head, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> 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 stuck. He can't figure out how to take the glasses off. I think it's... Uh... He's cutting up his wrist. He's slapping his head. He's singing about water way too much. What is with all the water in this song? Well, what does the song mean to you? Once in a lifetime. I don't know. It's just a good song that, like, at a certain point yeah. with certain bands, I'm just like, I'm not going to interpret what these lyrics mean because there's no way I can. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of REM songs that just like that. I'm just like, I don't yeah. know what this song. Yeah, means. I guess in its plainest terms, I think the song's about maybe existential dread. 
but but he, I don't know. The glasses are maybe a nuclear dad thing, and he's slapping them off his head. If I want to, if we want to go deep, but maybe we I don't. Mean, they <laughs> he's playing a character. Yeah. Anyway, I dig the song quite a bit, and he's uh, not starving. He's got groceries, peanut butter. <laughs> it's the last a couple of days. <laughs> but then, okay, so. Poor guy can't remember his name though. <laughs> we were hanging out during life of during war wartime. That song was playing, and uh, the the line is uh, "Don't go by the window, someone will see you out there." I was looking out my window at the time. I was like, "Oh shit!" David Burns telling me to stay away from my window. Oh man, mm-hmm. speaking to you on, on levels, multiple yeah. levels. He does that often. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> And then the fucking Tom Tom Club with the genius. Don't, why of you love. gotta say fuck it? This song break. to me sounds like it belongs in like a video game, like an early nineties Super they, Nintendo game. They use that song. It's Go back and watch for the ladies. Watch a lot of there's a, it's in a lot of movies. It pops yeah. up mm-hmm. a lot. It's very commercial. throughout the years. Like but, commercials too. Yeah, something about that song. Just I, I don't know. I, I'm not into it. I think it's their light lilting. You know, a, again, angel voices, and then he comes in with his grinding. You know, bohannon, bohannon, bohannon. Do you know how you James get? <laughs> you go to like a French restaurant and they give you a a palate cleanser, a mousse. That's what this song is. Yeah. The Tom Tom like, Club is a palate cleansing moose while David Byrne gets into a bigger suit yes, backstage. He, needs, he absolutely well, yeah, he needs, needs time to get into this big need, suit. He does need Does a couple of lines. He slicks his hair. <laughs> goes back out there for some more. Girlfriend uh, is better. David. This I've is got where he comes out with the giant thing. suit, which was the whole yeah. reason for the Tom Tom Club. Look. And it's you know, uh, people, where we get the title of the film. Yes. Stop making right. sense. And this is where you get the crowd shots a little bit. Ah, yes, you're right. People talk about the the big suit, but it, it's really he's only wearing it for like two songs. <laughs> but it's it was just such an oddity to behold. It is a very weird like yeah. this thing is three times too too big for this man. <laughs> the, what what? I, let's go home. <laughs> that, well, they said stop making sense. They stopped I hate when making they use sense. the title of the movie in As the movie. We get older and me. stop making sense. This is what we do apparently. <laughs> and uh, um, then uh, what's next is take me to the river. Drop me in the water, baby. Steve Which, Scales needed more cowbell in this song. <laughs> this is uh, this is one where it, it's. I knew that the end of the concert was coming near because uh, it's just one of those good wind-up songs. It's a that, very it's repetitive. Yeah. It's just kind of it builds to the, something. The audience it feels like it's building. Can join to something. in and. Uh, mm-hmm. He introduces the band yeah. by name, yeah, so exactly. that's always got a sense that, of like, oh, yeah, All right, sure. we're winding down here. Yeah. I think it. Uh, for we usually maybe I'm jumping the gun, but it, this movie moves by pretty brisk. It does. This yes. concert does. It does. Yeah, and it's not that flashy. It's not like a Gaga show where it looks giant lights, you know, and a yeah, big no. screen. It's it's pretty minimalist, just aside so, from just, onions, just a few words, giant <laughs> letters, and that's the first thing you see. The first word in that is just onions for like like five seconds. What is this? What what? There's a song called Onions. Oh, I got a bad taste in my mouth now. Ice cream. I really like onions. <laughs> I like now, there's um, another version of this with uh, bonus tracks. That's true, yeah. And they, they, they're not at the end. They're, they're slipped right. in throughout. Right. If you get but the uh, import there's three version. three songs, but if you, if you listen to them or when you listen to them, um, 
you could see why they were cut out of the movie because they they were just filler basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're not because yeah, yeah I mean, ninety I, I minutes do, is a little light for a concert. I, I love guess. the song Cities, but that got cut. Yeah, that did. Yeah. But it, it's very repetitious. It, yeah, it's it really true. And then cross-eyed and painless is mm-hmm. what we uh, what we close out on. Good great, track. Great transitions because yeah. it starts out one pace and then picks it up and uh-huh. back down. Yeah, takes you on a musical journey. Yes, it does. As has this entire film. It has. It's. Uh, yeah, it I think uh, Leonard Maltin calls it the greatest concert, maybe rock concert film of all time or concert movie of all time. I might agree with him, but I don't watch a whole lot. I of have them. not seen many, so yeah, yeah, I have no idea if that's like the concert films. This is very good. It's. Um, it, high def is even better, you know, if you can... Mm-hmm. I got it. Or to yeah. see it on a big screen somewhere. Right. Yeah. Like you did at, yeah. the, at that art theater with you cool kids out there <laughs> when you were 24 or whatever. But, I mean, there's some classic uh, concert films that look a little grainy, you know, mm-hmm. with age. And Demi, you know, he kind of, I wouldn't say tried to recapture that lightning in a bottle, but I'm sure he was conscious of that when he went on to do uh, work with Neil Young on a documentary. As, right. And the very last thing he did before he died was that Justin Timberlake Netflix concert movie with right. the Tennessee kids. You can mm. watch that now. I heard it was pretty good, but I'm not a big uh, yeah. Timberlake guy. <laughs> you sit through a JT concert. But, are, you, uh, are you familiar with uh, Storefront Hitchcock? No. Mm-mm. It's a musician named uh, Robin Hitchcock. He used to be in a band, Robin Hitchcock and the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. And it's a typical, just a storefront on a street. Mm-hmm. And you are in the store, and he is on a stage, and his backdrop is the windows in the street. Okay. But they're they're kind of like blocked over, mm-hmm. some of them. But other people can look in also, and they few do, and they're like, well, you know, what's going on in there? But it, it's almost, I don't know if it was made before this or after this. But it's almost like they go hand in hand. Mm. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, storefront Hitchcock. Okay. Yeah. Dig it. Is it uh, any other uh, concert movies? How about, you know, Dad, you've seen probably more movies. Oh, I think it's safe to say you've seen uh, Song Remains the Same and right. uh, Last Waltz and right. Woodstock. Uh, give Eddie me Shelter. Murphy Rolling Stones. <laughs> Eddie Murphy <laughs> Raw. It's a concert film. Rolling Stones, Give Me Shelter. Yeah. I really like that. Is that your favorite? Um, not my, I think my favorite is probably uh, Eric Clapton, uh, what is it, 21, 24 Nights, whatever it was. Yeah, whatever With that Michael one. Kamen and the orchestra. Okay. And uh, it's the only time you see a, a version of a song called the Northern Lights, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And it's just, a, that one always gets me Is that the going. instrumental yeah. track? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that one is, uh, yeah, it's like yeah, it's a... It's got a wicked guitar. It's like a spy theme. Yeah, yeah. It feels like espionage to me. Right. Uh, what's your? Did you guys say what your favorite song in this film is? In Stop Making Sense. Well, definitely, this must be the place. Okay. It's but it's a, a pretty basic part of the. It's kind of just a lull in the movie. Not a lull, but it's, it's not a, physicalized very much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, to me, but the other thing is, I feel like uh, my other answers are just. I like the the bigger hits. You know. I'm, like, I'm with you. I'm you know, burning down the house once in a lifetime or both. Yeah. Great songs to listen to. I, I do dig Psycho Killer right up at the I front. was going to yeah. say, yeah, when I hear Psycho Killer, I still get that, that feeling like the opening of this movie. Yeah, we're off. We're off to the races here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is one where, like, you know, there's several movies where if you walk in halfway through, you're not going to turn it off. You're going to watch the rest of it. And this is what, This yeah. is one of those mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, yeah. I don't see it on very often. They don't, I guess they don't no. screen a lot of concert I, movies. Maybe IFC. Yeah, uh, I could see that. Yeah. Hmm. Jonathan so, Demi. Yeah. Now, uh, does it feel like uh, ninety minutes? 
I mean, it's pretty quick. That's and like I said, it's zips by in the beginning. I think it feels less. Those than, for, yeah. uh, you, was it 88? 88 minutes, yeah. It feels less <clears throat> to me. It feels like more like 70 something. Just like like oh, this was like an hour. We like we just what happened? Yeah. It's a quick movie. I and, love and, you. Yeah, great album. Yeah, I guess uh it does feel less than 88 minutes, but I wouldn't go as low as in the 70s. 70s. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I uh, yeah, embellished maybe, a little uh, bit. Maybe 82. 80 to 82. Feels yeah. a little shorter. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just having such a good time, you know? And the album's really good, too. Like, you don't need the visual stuff, and it really helps, but uh, I spin that album all the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of that on rotation. Definitely. Whenever I actually pl- listen to music, which is very rare, I'm usually really <laughs> usually catching up listen- on podcasts that I have like built up. But an angry chance, kill, yeah. destroy, <laughs> everything, everything must die. Yeah, I have for to, two hours, yeah. kill, destroy. It gets me in the mood for everything work. must die. As yep. movie lovers and uh, you know critiquers and stuff, uh, did you catch the Pablo Ferro titles? Yes, I did. Yeah, I noticed and, that. Uh, that was one of the his, first few credits in the movie. His early works. Yeah. He also did um, Adam's Family. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Men in Black. Yeah, you could. Uh, that's so. And it, I think Step Brothers too, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it, it looks very it's Adam's like a very Family. Sim- similar look. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. That stopped making sense. Hey, and, you uh, stopped making. At sense. no point did it make right. much sense. So maybe it's not supposed to. When make did sense. it? When did we start? I can't answer that. I, I enjoyed it. No sense, nonsense. I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I recommend this movie. Check it out, guys. Yeah. Um, you you might like the music. Some of you might not. It's it's Here's an acquired taste. The talking heads. I, I feel like there's a few songs where it's just it's, it's impossible to not mm. like the song because like once in a lifetime is one of those songs. There's like everybody has heard it and knows it, and. It, like, you can't, like, it's, like... Same as it Nobody's going to be like, oh, I, I hate that song. Like, but no, but some people will be like, I, I don't like it, but I don't hate it. Like, that's the worst rating you'll give for that song, I think. Well, as a, as a pub crawler, and I hear a lot of jukeboxes, there's, uh, you know, young and old, I'll play Talking Heads. Yeah. yeah. I dig, uh... I don't know, when did the... I don't know what the album was with And She Was Was, but I really like that song. And, uh, if, if they... <laughs> I need to know my history because I'm, I'm, I just don't know enough about the band. But I, if they recorded it before this movie, they should have played it during the movie. I would have well, enjoyed that. Well, it was talking, so I feel <laughs> yeah. like maybe it was a little later. Yeah, yeah. It probably was after yeah. it stopped making sense. They were promoting um, little little creatures, maybe. Might have been that album. No, for this one it was. Um, All right. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. No, that's, that's okay. Right. I just know it wasn't that. <laughs> fill in the, fill in the it blank. wasn't, and she was, as featured in Look Who's Talking, <laughs> which is another 90 under 90 that we will get to at some point. Oh, but, Look Who's Talking? Yeah. Oh, watch out, guys. Yeah. It's coming. That's going to be a great one. Yeah.